Good morning, folks. It's uh, Thursday, March 25th. I'm out walking this morning, walking past a park right now where there's a ton, a ton of uh, birds. These uh, pigeons, yeah, that's what they are. I think they're pigeons. There's just a ton of them out in this field. <laughs> it's pretty cool, actually, although I know that those birds are pretty annoying. <laughs> but uh, pretty cool to see them all out there. And um, also, it's nice to have some daylight at 7.15 in the morning. Hey, I'm, I want to do a podcast this morning that talks about a couple things that we are that we are uh, fighting for, what we're fighting for, to give just very concrete, very concrete um, evidence of why it is that we do the work we do um, in the fight to vote. Yesterday in the uh, Senate, the U.S. Senate, for the very first time, we there was consideration of the HR1 slash S1 for the People Act. This is the uh, first time it's been considered there this year. And it, uh, it, and ever actually, ever, because, uh, Mitch McConnell would not consider the bill, would not introduce it into a committee when he was majority leader. Um, and it had been passed initially in 2019 by the House, but never taken up by the Senate. And so in this, with the Democrats now having, you know, the, uh, the tie-breaking vote in the Senate, they're able to call up their bills. And so this is the very first time it's been considered. Taken up yesterday in the Rules Committee, chaired by Amy Klobuchar, Senator of Minnesota, and they began to hear testimony from people in the uh, in uh, about voting. Both, Demo- both uh, Democratic uh, committee members and Republican committee members get to call witnesses to hear testimony about voting. Um, so when you have a committee, each side's majority leader in the committee gets to select some witnesses. And those witnesses come and they speak and they're questioned by, by the senators. And this can be pretty riveting stuff. Um, I mean, riveting if you, if this is your thing. Uh, which it is for me. So, um, so it's definitely something that interests me. So yesterday, um, and I want to talk about the people that were there yesterday. Hang on a second here. Got to take care of my dog. Good morning. Not uncommon for me to, to see some folks that I know when I'm out walking. It's always great to say hi to them. I know this is, uh, this is exactly what you signed up for on the podcast and listening to this. This pause. This is like a, a word from an advertiser or something. Right now, just stopping for a second to say, to give you a word from our sponsor. This word from your sponsor at that moment was from my dog. Um, so, the uh, yesterday in the testimony in S1, for the Democrats, one of our heroes here at CP, the Secretary of State in Michigan, uh, Jocelyn Benson, testified. And she's a hero of ours at CP because she has been just a tremendous supporter of voting rights in Michigan. And she also has been 
very strong in her responses to the president because the president has been critical of her and uh, Miss Benson and the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. And Jocelyn Benson has taken no no guff from the president for some time. Last year during 2020 would respond to him vigorously with no intimidation. Um, and then eventually uh, the president's supporters came out and uh, to her home and surrounded her home and attempted, not surrounded, but uh, stood out in front of her street and attempted to intimidate her uh, in 2020. And she, she stood strong. So she's a hero of ours. And she also mailed absentee ballots to all voters in the state in, during COVID um, and, you know, saw that as an act of democracy. So Jocelyn Benson, we helped elect her in 2018 at CP. We will be back in Michigan to help support her in 2022 and the reelection campaign of Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, Benson testifies yesterday, and there's two things that I want to highlight that she talked about. The first um, is about automatic voter registration. Automatic voter registration is something that we helped to get enacted in the state of Michigan in 2018 when we were there working for Benson, for Whitmer, um, also for Alyssa Slotkin and Haley Stevens in congressional races, and also for a really important election reform set of uh, items that were on a ballot initiative. And uh, this is one of the great ways to get things done in states where the Republicans control the legislature is to, is to uh, get petition signatures, get a set of election reforms onto the popular ballot and pass it that way. Not all states offer this, and I don't off the top of my head know which states do or don't. But where they are where they are allowed legally, the uh, the ability to get it done this way works tremendously because the support for voting rights, election um, access is extremely high among the public. There was a great poll done um, just the last couple of days by Target Smart, which is a um, a, a great uh, voting data analytics firm that tracks voter registrations, voter actual casting of votes and also does polls that are commissioned and this one was commissioned by fair fight action in georgia and it looked nationally at support for the the uh, the uh the steps to be taken in s1 and the support across states is very high um even in more conservative states for for the idea of voting and making it easier for people to vote um so we helped to get that passed via initiative in Michigan, um, automatic voter registration. We also got no excuse absentee balloting, election day registration, uh, just a credible, important set of reforms. Yesterday, Jocelyn Benson testified about automatic voter registration, and they registered between 2019 when AVR went into effect after the 2018 legislation and election day 2020, 250,000 voters in the state of uh, Michigan via AVR. AVR works such that when you, uh, when a citizen interacts with the state through a key agency, usually the Department of Motor Vehicles, 
they are automatically registered to vote unless the citizen says they don't want to be. Very few citizens don't want to be registered to vote. They may not decide to vote, but they don't, they don't usually have a moral opposition, mostly, <laughs> to being registered to vote. And so people just take that, yeah, and say yes, rather than having to do additional effort at some other time, some other place, uh, to register to vote. So they get automatically registered to vote. That's where the automatic piece comes in. Um, and it's usually when someone gets their life driver's license initially or renewed in a state. And that, of course, happens pretty, pretty regularly for adults. 250,000 Michigan, Michiganders. I'm from Michigan. That's, that's how we call it. That's what, we, that's our plural. 250,000 Michiganders registered to vote between 2019 in January when it was implemented and election day 2020. That is, uh, you know, a ton of people. And, uh, I don't know what number of those voted, but looking in Georgia where they also have AVR and implemented in 2016, that change, what we saw in Georgia is that it changed the pool of people who did turn out to vote, made them more diverse and younger. Um, and I expected that happened in Michigan. And that was part of the story in 2020, the victory there, being able to have these people eligible to vote. This is something that is uh, embedded in S- HR1 and S1 is that every state would implement automatic voter registration every state would implement AVR. That would be such a win for democracy. So that's, that's, that's part of what we're fighting for in S1. If we got nothing more than AVR, if we had to pare away everything else in that bill, but got AVR for every state, that would massively, massively impact our democracy. Um, so that's part of what we work for. And today, this afternoon, we have a phone bank. Saturday, we have a phone bank. These are all on our events page at Common Power. You just go to the date. You'll see the link, uh, the uh, the calendar invite for uh, phone banks. Just click on it, register for the phone bank, and then there's information right there to join a Zoom call that I host pre- uh, the, in the 30 minutes prior to the phone bank where we just come together, we answer questions, we usually have one fun kind of get to know each other, a quick icebreaker. It's really great. I love them. Um, they're one of my highlights each day of having these 30-minute get-togethers. Um, so we have phone banks today, Saturday, uh, for S1, and then we'll get back to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday next week with more phone banks. All it takes is a little bit of your time. That's part of what we fight for with AVR. Benson also testified about a second piece, um, a second piece of that would be in S1, which is same day voter registration. Same day as when you vote voter registration. We might call this election day registration, um, which is what it is in most states where you can register on election day and then vote. But some states implement this as the ability to register to vote on any day um, during early voting that you vote. And it might be a two weeks of early voting. So a better way to kind of refer to this, this portion of the bill is same day, not only, not only election day, but same day voter registration, uh, meaning the same day you, you register, you can also vote. Michigan implemented that as part of the 
voter reforms in 2018. And Benson testified on this as well. 30,000 Michigan, Michiganders, um, registered to vote on election day in 2020. And they were, uh, largely, uh, you know, predominantly younger and, and particularly under the age of 30. That is absolutely what research shows about same day election registration. We get younger voters to come out and vote who have decided that, you know, they're going to make this a priority and they haven't thought farther ahead because most states have cutoff dates, uh, for voter registration that can be range anywhere from a couple weeks to, to uh, several months before an election where you have to re register to vote. But if, if, you know, if your life is, uh, in transition, or you're simply uh, not as engaged as others many months out, which is where a lot of Americans are, uh, but then you get focused around the election. Having election day registration allows us to bring more people into the electorate. There's no reason this should be a partisan, uh, seen as partisan. This is absolutely good for democracy. And Benson made the case yesterday for why that is a good thing and why it matters concretely. So 240,000 folks AVR'd into the system, 30,000 folks, and there's probably some overlap. Um, no, I'm sorry, there's not any overlap of those, those two because the same day election registration would be brand new registrants. So between the two, you got 270,000 people um, who became voter registered just from those two mechanisms. Uh, not counting other voter registration efforts in the state. Um, in those two, my God, that's, that's what we fight for at common power is, is to get everybody into the system. It is one of the great exclusionary and discriminatory elements of American politics that certain people are just cast outside of the system, system of politics, system of uh, health, system of education. And they, they stand out there and they, they don't get access to the incredible resources and power that is present in these systems. So this is what we fight for. This is, this is just, I, what I want to do on these podcasts is talk a little bit about the things that we fight for, the, the pieces that should encourage us. Um, I will also talk about the downs, the downs as we go, the things that don't work or that are disappointing. And there's things we're fighting hard for against, against in Georgia and Arizona right now. Um, and I'll, I'll talk some more about that in the next podcast. This one though is about what are we fighting for? Those two things are in S1. Now the third and final thing I want to talk about, about what we're fighting for is, uh, not only a national dimension. It is, it is embedded. I'm sorry. Let me say this again because I forget that it's also part of HR one. It is also in HR one, um, and S one. Um, but it is also, an endeavor at the state level, which is the restoration of voting rights to people formerly incarcerated. People who have been convicted of felony of crimes have served time in the penal system and then are done with that. Um, I think it's 45 plus states in the country um, restore voting rights at a certain point after people have served their time. Um, I believe two, Vermont and Maine, allow uh, voting rights to be retained while you're incarcerated. 
but the rest of them are 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 post incarceration and a few of those are done by executive orders where the governor in a state has put into place an executive action that restores those voting rights to folks usually it's quite onerous though they have to file forms they have to work they have to navigate a system so it is it is not made simple um in those i know particularly three states where executive action has done this in virginia in um florida and in i'm sorry there's four and in kentucky and in iowa and we were directly connected to efforts to get that those new laws enacted in Florida, Kentucky, and Iowa through elections, through pressure on elected officials. So our work has been part of that, and it is certainly one of the proudest things that we've done because the the effects on this are uh, overwhelmingly skewed to support people of color, particularly Black Americans and Latin. Latino Americans, um, because of the, the racism embedded in our legal system. So that is one of our pri- 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 proud accomplishments. Um, yesterday, yesterday in the state of Washington, where a good chunk of folks listen to this podcast and of Common Power volunteers reside, the state of Washington improved our re- voting rights restoration. Uh, process. We have been one of the states that has a, a returned voting rights to formerly incarcerated felony conviction citizens um, after they do their time and then they do parole and then they do probation. But yesterday, H. Bill 1078, um, so House Bill um, 1078 was approved, uh, a passed. Um, by the by the state senate it had already been passed by the house and now goes to governor Inslee it's going to get signed into law 20,000 people immediately affected by this regain their voting rights in the state of Washington we're past due on this on getting this done we have some pieces in our state that are are great when it comes to voting and some that are uh, not terrible but are not not near as progressive as they should be given this state. Uh, in just 2017, the, the legislature passed AVR in the state of Washington, and then it went into effect in 2018. So we're, we're a recent convert to AVR, the automatic voter registration. We're now about to join the group of states that provides a restoration of voting rights immediately upon having finished one's uh, service to society um, after penalty of felony conviction in the state of florida where we have worked extensively to to support uh individuals coming out of the penal system and to get them re-registered to vote um the leadership in that state the organizations that have been at the center of this uh most prominently the florida rights and restoration coalition um refers to these citizens as returning citizens that they're re-entering society, they're returning citizens. And research shows that regaining the right to vote is a, uh, uh, a significant step towards re-entering society, that people who, who, are, who regain the right to vote are much more engaged, feel much more welcomed, 
um, and are able to to re-enter, to return as citizens into the society in ways that are beneficial for everybody. So I, I just think the ethical implications of this are, are just so high. Like this is such a great thing. Um, so that got passed here in the state of Washington and it goes into effect uh, as soon as Inslee signs it. And I, and I assume it goes into effect right away. Um, but perhaps there's a date on it where it's, it begins um, in the near future. Either way, it's great. This is part of HR 1 and S1 is felony rights restoration. Uh, fel a vote, a felony voting rights restoration. This also is what we fight for. It is about a just and inclusive democracy for all Americans, all Americans. So this is our, this is our, this is our calling. This is our mission right now is to do our work. It is going to take months for us to have a chance to pass this in the U.S. Senate. And meanwhile, day to day, we are at, in crunch time in the states of Georgia and Arizona to try to block really bad legislation there. Um, so join us for our action, for our work on these phone banks. We also have launched a new initiative, I'm sorry, a new part of the advocacy initiative, which is direct to senators contacts, where we are contacting senators directly around the country via phone calls and via tweets. It's super easy to do. Um, and it has an impact. It ratchets up the pressure on them. Join our advocacy team via the advocacy page to be part of that. So folks, we, we, we know exactly what we're working for. And sometimes it's really good to kind of like look to metaphorically have it up on the wall, the goals, and to look at the wall and to say, yep, that's what it is. That's what we're fighting for. And to kind of even go over metaphorically and touch it with your hands and say, and to like give it a, a pat or a tap and say, this is what I'm in for. Well, this is what we're in for. This work. This work. Automatic voter registration, same-day election registration, restoration of voting rights to returning citizens. I'll fight on these hills any day, all day long. Let's go, folks. Common power. Let's work. Let's do our work.